Well, it's official. Anson Mount, Ethan Peck, and Rebecca Romain put up a video on CBS All Access announcing Star Trek Strange New Worlds is coming. The Pike series is on its way. And I have so many feels about this and some concerns because, well, you know, my relationship with Star Trek lately. So let's talk about what this could and should mean for Star Trek on this episode of Project Shadow. Hello everyone, how are you doing today? My name's Charlie, you might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer C.E. Dorset. And they did it! I mean, we knew they were going to do it, they, they'd been hemming and hawing, and there were leaks and whatnot, but it is now officially announced that Star Trek Strange New Worlds, the Pike series, is going to happen! And I really like the little video that Anson, Ma Anson Mount, Ethan Peck, and Rebecca Romain put out. First of all, definitely going to watch this. I love Rebecca Romaine. I think I've watched everything that she has ever been in. I kind of have a problem. Definitely going to watch it. Hopefully, hoping that they actually say on camera, number one's real name. And she's not just number one through the entire series. She's not the doctor. She's a human being, for goodness sakes. So I'm excited. Number two, <laughs> for anybody who's been listening to this podcast for any period of time, you, you know I have a strange love for Spock, and... Ethan Peck in particular, and uh, just go back into the archive and you'll see the episode titled How I Met Ethan Peck, which was an amazing experience and uh, one that will live with me forever. And not just because Ethan Peck's a really nice person, and I mean a really seriously nice person, but because of the events that came together to allow that to happen. But I'm not going to belabor that on this episode because I did an entire episode about it about it back when it happened a couple years ago. So go back, check that out. So I'm excited. <clears throat> Anson Mount, I think, played a wonderful Pike. I really enjoyed him on Discovery. You can see that if you go back into the uh, Spotify playlist of my reviews of the last season of Star Trek Discovery. Re really liked Anson Mount and how he portrayed Pike. Really liked Ethan Peck and how he portrayed Spock. My biggest concern was actually the short treks, where there was a couple short treks that involved both Pike and Spock in number one. Oh, and they, they, they weren't good. But then again, most of the short treks last time around were not good. So we, we will see how they do that going forward. I think to me, the most exciting thing about this, and hopefully CBS actually keeps this <laughs> is one of the things that they say in their announcement video is that Star Trek is optimistic. Yes. That, that's in fact a core concept of what makes Star Trek Star Trek and something that, well, the Kelvin movies, the, 
<sighs> Star Trek Discovery and Star Trek Picard kind of forgot. Like, you can be optimistic and intense at the same time. It's, it's a thing that can happen. It's magical. It's wonderful. You, you should try it sometime. And maybe they will. Now, this trailer announcement thingy, of course, had no details. So, we don't know who the showrunner is going to be. We don't know who's going to be running the writer's room. We don't know really anything. I would presume that it's going to pick up either after Star Trek Discovery or go back shortly before Star Trek Discovery and ignore that season altogether because, yeah, go just go listen to my reviews of Star Trek Discovery and how season two was basically a reboot of Star Trek because, yeah, yeah, it was a thing. But hopefully they stick to that optimism because that's been something that's been severely lacking in Star Trek for a while. A couple things that they need to do right. One, and I hate to keep having to go back to this, but Star Trek Picard has really gotten me worried about the people over at CBS. And I, 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 I like that there's going to be a lot of Star Trek because I love Star Trek. It's my favorite. It's, it's my absolute favorite. I, I watch Star Trek every day. I, I love it more than I could ever possibly explain. But if they're going to do this, if they're going to do this, they need to watch The Cage again. Because I do not want Dr. McCoy to be the doctor on this series. He came about later. He came about with Kirk. You could, I suppose, do some kind of cameos. There probably will be cameos of some of these earlier characters. Definitely, that would be something I would expect. But Kirk and McCoy were a package deal, and there was a different doctor who would like to make martinis for Pike, who was the doctor at the time. I, I, I want them to do their best to recreate the cast that we saw in that series, in that episode, in that original pilot. And let this be kind of what if that pilot went on to the future and we continued with that. We did get that actually with some of the um, moments of Pike in Star Trek Discovery where we see that he continued to have I don't want to say relations, but he still had contact with the Telosians and was able to call out to them for help on one episode that was really powerful and kind of established the relationship there and why Spock would want to bring him back to them after his accident. There's a lot of interesting things that they can do there, but we, we need to be very careful here. I, I don't want Chekhov. He can't be, a, he can't be in the crew. No Sulu, no Uhura, none of that. Don't do it. Don't, don't, don't. They weren't there. Try to, try to stick to the original. And I'm saying that for a very specific reason. I, nostalgia has infected all of these major franchises to such a point of I want you to tell me interesting stories and not expect me to go, oh, this is amazing because you put in an OG character. Don't rely on that too much. 
I mean, it wouldn't make sense if you brought back Rain Wilson's Harry Mud because Spock did not appear to know him in the original series. But you could always find some excuse for Spock not to be on the ship and bring Harry Mud back because Rain Rain Wilson is oh Harry Mud. It, it was so good. I liked it so much. You, you can you can find an excuse to bring him back. Give number one a name. Give her an identity. And don't mess it up. <laughs> don't mess it up. Because the worst thing that could happen with this series is not that it's going to be overly self-serious the way Picard and Discovery have been. It's that they're going to overcorrect in the opposite direction, which is what they did in the shorts, by the way. The reason the short treks didn't work is they really overcorrected to the other side. And it was like watching the Orville, but with actual Star Trek characters in it. Don't, 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 don't do too much of a hard correction. We're not looking for the Orville. The Orville was a comedy. It was a spoof of Star Trek that had the timing of coming out parallel to another Star Trek that wasn't as Star Trek-y as the Orville was, because you wanted to do something different, apparently. So don't, 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 don't try to be funny. I think that's the moral of the story here. Don't try to be funny. You can have funny episodes. Star Trek is known for its funny episodes with Picard and his Merry Men. You know, most of the Q stuff's pretty funny. Yeah. Shore Leave, I think, is a very funny episode of the original series. Trouble with Tribbles. You can do funny, but don't 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 be too funny. Don't be too funny. Don't overcorrect. Cause Let's face it, we're about to hit an oversaturation period for Star Trek. We're going to have Discovery. We're going to have Picard. We are going to have Lower Decks, which is an animated series in the spirit of Rick and Morty, which I don't know how you're going to make that Star Trek in any way, shape, or form. But apparently you're going to try. So, yay. And then you have the kids' animated Star Trek, which I'm assuming is still going on. I haven't heard much. We now have Star Trek Brave New World. I'm sorry, I'm going to be doing that. Strange New Worlds. And there's now rumors of a Seven of Nines spinoff for Picard. That's a lot of Star Trek. And as a huge fan of Star Trek, I'm kind of all right with it. I, uh, I'll at least check out most of it. I, I will not feel compelled to watch all of it. But I, I'm, kind of, I'm kind of excited. I, I can do this. We can go there. If you so choose. But you have to do it right. You have to do it right. That, that more than anything, is the big takeaway that I want the folks at CBS to get. You have to do it right. And like with all of these announcements that keep coming out, you have to give context. Because I, I'm, I'm very excited about this. I think that the cast that we saw, because we have seen them in Discovery, make me very excited to see where this goes going forward. Ethan Peck did a wonderful Spock. Anson Mount did a wonderful, wonderful Pike. Rebecca Romaine is just wonderful in everything that she's in, and she should be in everything. But not that I'm blinded or anything. It's a thing. Um, and for those of you who are wondering, I am as queer as a $3 bill, and there's nothing like even remotely <laughs> like lascivious about my love for Rebecca Romaine. I just, 
She makes me smile. I enjoy watching her and everything. If you haven't seen The Librarians, watch The Librarians. She's phenomenal. Anyway. Um, so they, they have to give us a vision. Because this is the one thing that Star Trek has been missing. Picard had a thesis statement, but it doesn't get to it till like the seventh episode. It needed to start with it. This is why I think it's sad that since uh, the next generation, we haven't started with a monologue. And I'm not saying that this show necessarily has to, but it, it's, a, it's a wonderful reminder to everybody watching when you watch the original series or when you watch The Next Generation, Space, The Final Frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise, her ongoing mission to seek out strange new worlds and new dot, 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 right? You know it. Everybody knows it. Whether you've seen Star Trek or not, you can probably recite it because it's so culturally ubiquitous. So when you get rid of that, when you no longer have that touchstone for the show, the show can meander. You can see this with Voyager. Voyager took a long time to find its voice. Deep Space Nine took a while to find its voice, and Enterprise, <sighs> finally, by its fourth season, found its voice, but by then it was too late. The ratings had been too bad for too long, and people didn't come back. So by the time it became a really good show, nobody cared, except for me, because I was still watching. Because Star Trek. I, I, I like me some Star Trek. But it needs to have a mission statement. It needs to have an understanding of what it's doing. Because if we're going to call it Star Trek Strange New Worlds, I'm going to be expecting you to be doing the Star Trek thing of having them out on exploration missions, actually encountering strange new worlds. That, that sounds like the most obvious thing to say, right? If you're going to call it Star Trek, Strange New Worlds, we're going to be encountering strange new worlds. But because serialized television has evolved to the point where we have ongoing stories, the idea that we're going to get to see many different planets and stuff, it, it feels like a throwback. Now, I would argue that what we need to do is buy everybody a copy of How to Write DC, How to Write Comics the DC Way, because it has a wonderful thing in there about the Levitt paradigm, which is how to plot an ongoing series so that the story can build from episode to episode without having to be the exclusive topic of that episode. Please, Star Trek, remember that. Because we can do these expansive, season-long runs with stories that build and grow without it having to be the A story every week. It doesn't have to be the A story every week. But having said that, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Because I, there, there's so many things that they hopefully won't do. That they won't feel a necessity to talk about what happened with Discovery. That, that that's gone and that's done. Hopefully we're going to be bringing back the same cast that we've met in the past for Sarek and the rest. Hopefully that goes without saying, 
though Sarek should not be on the show too much because we know he and Spock don't get along at this period in time. <sighs> Having said all that, I'm excited. I really am. I, I, I remember when I did get to, I feel like I'm just like dropping names every time I say this, but I do remember when I got to talk to Ethan Peck saying that I really hope that they did do a show because his portrayal of Spock was so good and so fresh and original, but still true to what um, we saw Leonard Nimoy do. And that it brings a wonderful spirit into Star Trek that Star Trek had been missing. Now, we'll see if it goes there. I do expect Spock to have a girlfriend. That That's probably going to be a thing that happens. There are reasons for that. Go see my episode on how I got, how, how I met Ethan Peck. I do expect Spock to have a girlfriend there. We are probably going to get to see scenes of sexy Spock. So prepare yourself for that. Um, depending on how far before all of this, we may, they may try to give us an early Spock Ponfar, even though he wasn't married yet. So technically his first Ponfar would have been the one we saw in a muck time technically speaking, but they'll find a way around it just to get Ethan Peck to take his shirt off. And I'm kind of all right with it, even though I'm not. <laughs> they're going to, they're going to have big shoes to fill mainly because I feel like what they're going to try to do is create a parallel series that will feel like it fits with the original. Because they're definitely trying to reboot Star Trek in a way that can make them a lot of money. And this is definitely going to be one of those reboots. Now, there are a lot of things that they could do to make that work. And there are a lot of things that they could do that would make that fall apart. One, I, I don't want them to bring back the Crayola color sets. I mean, I, I understand why some people have a nostalgic view of that. But... Um, Gene Roddenberry himself did not like them. So I don't feel like I'm betraying Star Trek to say that having more naturalistic sets is not a problem for Star Trek. And in fact, in the novelization of the original motion picture that Gene Roddenberry wrote, he, he has Kirk make a remark about how people remembered their adventures far more colorful than they actually were. And it's clearly talking about how everything was a bright primary color. So, yeah. Don't regress too much on the technology because it will feel strange. Yes, you're going to have to use language like data tapes and all of that. But there are ways that you can make that work and make the technology look interesting for a modern audience. Don't get too retro. <laughs> This is kind of the moral to the story here, right? Hopefully they don't get too retro because if they do, it's going to feel like a fan film. And that's the biggest trap that this show is going to have for itself is it can't look and feel like a high budget fan film. Because if it does, nobody's going to take it seriously and it will not find the audience that it needs to have for Star Trek to be strong in the future. 
Now, it's kind of funny that I'm relaunching my Star Trek podcast while this is going on. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I am excited. I am excited. So if you want to know my theories and thoughts about Star Trek Picard in very elaborate detail, oh, you can, uh, what, in whatever app you're listening to me on now, check out Band from Argo. And you will find the new show over there where I am going to be going into detail. And I mean detail about everything that I thought about the first season of Star Trek Picard and things that I hope that they do to change it and make it better going forward. That's going to be a weekly show every Tuesday. So definitely check that out. If you have any questions, comments, or topics you'd like to hear discussed on the show, down in the show notes, you'll find a link to the voice message system. Keep it short, keep it clean. I would love to hear from you. If you, sorry, this is always so hard for me to say, especially right now. If you have a buck you can pass by way down in the show notes, you'll find a link to both listener support and my Patreon. Thank you to everybody who does that. It really does mean the world to me. If you don't have any money right now, or you don't feel like doing that, that's perfectly all right. No pressure, really, seriously, no pressure. But if you know anybody that you think would like anything that I do, please share it with them. That helps out more than you could possibly know. Alrighty. Well, I think that's it for today. Um, yeah, go check out my new show, Band from Argo. It's going to be a lot of me talking about Star Trek Picard. About this length of time every week. Anyway, until next time, stay well, stay safe. And don't forget to have the fun. Bye.